What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you're locked in to the 3FN Podcast. As always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the early uh, award season darling, if you will, The Whale. But before we get there, I'm your host, Rich, and hey... Listen, we're very excited today because for the first time in over a month, all the nerds are all here. First of all, he is the man that this this past week saved an entire village of people. When he was playing a video game on his phone, ironically enough, and just put protection on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. I haven't used protection in years. Uh, oh, shit. Wrong wrong thing. Wrong thing. Uh, hello. Calm it down. <laughs> Calm it down. You better be careful now. It was okay when it was just your hand. Now that it's actually people involved, it could get out of hand. See what I did there? Double pun. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, making his triumphant return. And it's been the first time in a long time. But he's back finally in somewhat about 80%, I would say. Maybe 75%. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the man that doesn't need an introduction. Yet he has the longest introduction of all podcasts. Let's see if I can still do this, folks, especially if I might cough. Ladies and gentlemen, he is hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster and the leader of the Minnows Gang. I said that backwards. He is the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Diesel. Come get your kisses, bitches. Let's spread this illness. <laughs> uh, I'm going to apologize up front. We're going to get this out of the way. Diesel is still suffering from the after effects of an inner ear infection. Yep. And uh, I am still dealing with my asthma. So if you hear a little bit of coughing or a little bit of stuff, I do apologize. But hey, we're at least bringing you the show. I know we're coming to you a day late. Uh, that is also because there was a snowstorm here in the 607, and Ronald had to work that overtime. Because, Unfortunately. Uh, as you guys know that have been listening to us a while, uh, the weather does affect uh, Ron because of what he does for a living. And if you're new to us, yeah, sometimes it just has to happen. But we always try to bring you the show in a reasonable time. The messed up part is I did my part, and it was my section was good. It was the other idiots at work. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's always those other sons of bitches. Well, with that, Ron, how has been your week? Uh, overall, can't complain too much. Uh, nothing really major this week, actually happen um I'm trying to remember our wednesday group started uh, the spell jammer campaign and you know it we're starting you know my insect bard is now just running around just asking if everybody's hot <laughs> that's pretty much just like oh there's people running away i'm like do you want to stay and fight i'm like well which one's hotter the enemy or or the people running away and he's like fuck it's like people that are running away i'm like i'm following them <laughs> taking a page out of diesel's book there diesel i'm not gonna just ask you how your week is i know you've had a rough one but uh how's been uh, the time off other than the rough parts obviously uh, so came down with multiple illnesses uh christmas was great car broke down on the way way up to my dad's that was a 1300 dollars car bill i had to pay Aye. it's just been miserable it's been bad but been finally getting back to work like full time like i actually called off sick multiple times now which i never call off the one day i actually went into work started working about an hour and i'm like i gotta go it's fucking killing me now it just like hit out of nowhere and then two days off on that it's it's been rough i've been spending a lot of time in bed during my free time just watching 
condensed episodes of Law & Order SVU on Facebook videos. <laughs> shout out Stabler. Shout out uh, Benson. <laughs> there you go. Keeping you busy. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's been rough, but we're finally getting better. We're getting where I can start to hear again, and I'm not hacking up as much nasty shit. And I'm um, actually like being able to sleep. That was the worst part during both sicknesses was unable to sleep because I'd wake up coughing in the middle that of the night and wake myself up. So I'd get like micro naps of like 45 minutes to an hour and then just be up. So that sucks. Well, I'm glad that you're <laughs> almost back to 100 percent. You're 75, 80 percent in there somewhere uh, at 39. I don't think there is 100 percent anymore. <laughs> I think we were capped now at 80. <laughs> so you're basically 100 percent. You're, you're, you're 39, 100 percent, I should say. Uh, my past week has been kind of similar. I, I have uh, been dealing. I had a cold, as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, and I just went into my asthma. So I kind of took it real easy this weekend. Didn't do much. Watched some wrestling uh, because there was a lot of wrestling on this weekend, and uh, just stayed home and tried to stay low key to kind of get better. I'm still not at a hundred percent, but I'm feeling a lot better. That's why I said if you if I you do hear a little cough in the background because I try to get away from the mic, you know that could be me because it's just it comes up, especially if I'm talking for long periods of time, which kind of have to do on a podcast. Yeah. It'd be weird if I didn't, but. Other than that, I had a very uneventful week. Hopefully, everybody out there is doing a lot better than us as far as physical. Uh, and also, uh, you guys are having a good time. Uh, before we jump into the show, and of course, the 3FN Movie Club review this week being The Whale, uh, we have got some stuff in the beginning, and the Diesel Movie Triple stuff, of course, coming to you before even all of that. We got to take care of some of them bills, so it's time to hit up some shameless plugs. That means that uh, if you would like to find out any information about the 3FN podcast, whether it's our social media links, whether it's links to the show, or anything else, visit 3FNpodcast.com. While you're there, you can also find the link to Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content, including getting all of our podcasts early. Also, on top of that, you can visit friends of the show like the, uh, like the ODPH podcast. And of course, there's the musical directory with bands who support us with music so we can uh, avoid those dreaded DMCAs. Big shout out to Shout at the Robots. Their song, Fail Better, is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. Make sure you check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Also, while you're there, you can check out the sponsors of the show. And, of course, our main sponsor, we're going to give them a shout-out right now because they help bring the show to you commercial-free, is Dragon Master Games. Of course, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. Then we have Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607 and you want to make your car look brand new, take it on over to Dino at Rex to Rods. Uh, for an appointment, call 607-644-3389 when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride and let them know the 3FN podcast sent you. And then we have our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest coming up on August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. Celebrities are being announced and tickets are on sale. For all the information, visit sci-fi-horrorfest.com and last but not least is our brand new sponsor that's right dubby energy drinks and of course dubby uh, if you're is waged war on big energy and if you would like to join the revolution visit them at dubby.gg that is d-u-b-b-y dot g-g and see all the great flavors they have merchandise and more and of course when you get to checkout if you put in the uh, promo code bar 3-F-N-Pod that's the number 3-F-N-P-O-D you will get 10% off of your order and that works every time so if you end up loving Dubby every time you order use 3-F-N-Pod in the promo and you get 10% off every single time thank you for being the energy drink of the 3-F-N-Podcast Dubby dot g-g 
I love it how now I let it get to the warning track and it gives me like a break. That's the best part about this. Doing it live, guys. Doing it live. And I didn't fuck up that much this time, Ron. Didn't. Last week, you, I fucked up a few times. You, your, your training has been going very well. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> this, this, this like, sickness needs to go away because I don't have as much wind, so I'm, like, sucking in through my nose. So hopefully, you guys don't hear that. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get this party started because you didn't come to hear us talk about local sponsors or even 3FNpodcast.com. But you know what? For the first time in a long time, the triple stuff is now back to being Diesel's movie triple stuff. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back, me, to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. A pretty uh, quiet week in the box office. We have a couple of debut, one debut in the top five, but coming in at number five, A Man Called Otto in its fourth week with $8.8 million. I love how the wider it opens, the more people go to see it, so that's good news. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number four, debuting this week, Missing with $9.2 million. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about Missing, and it, it's been a, it's been on the tip of what should we do it next week or not. I don't know. Uh, number three for its third week on the list with another $9.7 million, Megan. That's right. The movie that's making all the money. And, of course, we got the big news this week, Megan 2.0 to come yep. out in 2025. Number two. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, for its fifth week with $11.8 million. Listen, man, you can't go against Puss in Boots. No, you can't. It's great. Yeah. Uh, number one, should take that lesson, Avatar, The Way of the Water, $20.1 million. That's finally starting to slow down, but it has been number one for literally the entirety of the time you've been yeah. out. <laughs> so uh, I think they're having a hell of a run. It's made over a billion dollars in the box office, so get on them. Yeah, we're going to get more of them. Yay. <laughs> Uh, coming out this week, January 27th, we have the movie Close, Maybe I Do, and Distant. Yeah, there's not a lot of big movies. None of them. I think only I think Close is getting the widest of all the, the opens of, out of all of those. And I'm not even sure if that's on every screen across the nation. Of course, a lot of screens got cut down because uh, our good friends over at Regal Cinemas mm-hmm. uh, closed like 39 locations. And I had to cross my fingers while I was reading that article that ours wasn't one of them. We made the cut, but yep. Ithaca did not. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're no longer going to Ithaca for uh, Fathom events. <laughs> uh, next week on February 3rd, we have 80 for Brady. The- the Amazing Maurice, and Knock at the Cabin. Of course, uh, we will be, uh, that week, we will be going to see Knock at the Cabin for the 3FN Movie Club review. So I'm very excited to see that, although because it's, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, I'm also very fucking leery of that movie because <laughs> it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be either great or the twist is going to kill it. So the setup's going to be great. And then the third act is just going to fall apart because they're going to be like, ooh, look how special you are because we did this cool little trick. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Diesel, for the first time in a long time, you are getting us our top three, and Ron is trying to get us DMCA'd. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to open that. Sorry. Uh, top three, because I love alliteration. Your three favorite fat fucks. That's right. And as fat people, we would like to point out that we are allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear any of this body shaming shit that people went after the whale for. As fat people, we can say what we want to say. I'm just saying, do not judge against our own kind. Yes. That's right. We're all about body positivity here. That's why I'm choosing three anorexic people. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, 
All right, uh, my three favorite of all time. Uh, can one of them be animated? Yep, animated, yeah. uh, TV or movies. And you knew, you're going to laugh when I say this one. Fat Albert. Fat Albert. Three. Hey, hey, hey. He'd be further on the list if the voice behind that was uh, a little more, uh, what's the word I'm saying? Uh, looking for? Uh, upstandable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, this was a tough one for me because there's a lot of great ones out there, but I'm going to go with the great legendary John Candy. Mm-hmm. And my number one of all time is the legendary Chris Farley. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Ron. My number three is a twofer. The okay. National Disasters, Earthquake, and Tugboat. Oh, there you go. You can do that. <laughs> Wrestling. Wrestling's uh, good. Number, I'll, I'll jump on the animated side or an anime. Uh, Choji from Naruto. Okay. And then number one, I'll go with John Candy. John Candy's your number one. And Diesel, your top three. All right. We're going with characters, but we're going with the show Cheers. Norm. Ah, uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, we're doing the character slash actor. I don't want to call the actor fat because I have too much respect for him. But Frank Reynolds is fat. Danny DeVito <laughs> is not fat. Uh, I love Danny DeVito. And then number one, I'm going to go with, um, It's a. we talked about this movie not too long ago. I loved him. He didn't do anything else after it, but Charlie Talbert from Angus. Oh, uh, I yeah. thought he was probably the best portrayal of an actual fat teenager. Absolutely. That was a great movie, by the way. Just throwing that out there. I, I really did enjoy Angus. And if you, you would have liked to hear that, that, of course, uh, was one of our special. Uh, well, that was one of the 3FN Movie Club reviews when we didn't have any new movies coming out. Because, you know, sometimes we got to sometimes we got to walk that line. Sometimes we do. Well, that's going to do it for Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. And that is awesome to have Diesel back. So it actually becomes the real Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. But when that ends, you know, we're going to dive right into. Welcome to Three Offense. Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please, keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. All right, it's time to kick off the 3FN Movie Club Review. And, of course, we just went to see The Whale. And we're going to talk all about it here. Of course, if you're new to this show or just need a reminder, the first half of the 3FN Movie Club, we do completely spoiler-free. So you have nothing to worry about. We're just going to give you, you know, who made the movie, who's in the movie, the spoiler-free synopsis of the movie, and then we're going to give you a spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation. Then we're going to take our break. When we come back from the break, we'll give you a final warning, but that's where the spoiler stuff happens. Uh, So you're completely safe until after the break if you do not want this movie spoiled. If you do not care about this movie being spoiled or you've already seen it, of course, listen to the second half of the show or stop it after the spoiler free part and then come back to it after you've seen the movie. So I'd like to get that business out of the way. Are you gentlemen ready to talk about the whale? All right. First of all, man, I got a story to tell. Let's talk about the spoiler free synopsis. And there's only one of them on IMDb, so it's going to be an easy choice. And I can't wait to hear you guys spoiler free reactions to this. Uh, It says a reclusive, morbidly obese English teacher attempts to reconnect with his estranged daughter. That is what IMDb says. Uh, How do you feel about that? Because I feel like it's yes, but 
Also, no. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Accurate, but not, not quite. That, that wasn't the whole point of it, but yeah, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> The Whale did come out on uh, release wide on December 9th of 2022 with a runtime of 117 minutes. And now it's time to find out. Who made this shit? That's right. Uh, of course, the director of this film is the... Can we call him legendary? Because I think oh, we yeah. can. Yeah, Darren Arnofsky. By the way, a funny story, because this is this is completely spoiler-free. When we got to the end of this movie, uh, I remember when this was coming out that we knew Darren Arnofsky was the director, but me and Diesel both forgot in the movie theater, and as soon yeah. as we saw his name, we were like, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Darren Arnofsky started his movie career with the movie Pie back in 1998. He would also go on to do Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, Black Swan, and... And Mother, most recently, in the horror realm. He's done some small little things in between, but he has uh, pretty much been away from the movies, doing more producing lately. Yep. And then he made a big comeback here with The Whale, of course, having all the uh, the nominations for everything, uh, literally across the board. Uh, the screenplay for this movie was uh, one of those one of those rare times where it was only one, screen, one story screenplay guy. Uh, and that's kind of interesting, because usually... Lately, it seems like every movie we review has like got five screenwriters. Yeah. Uh, but Samuel Day D. Hunter uh, did the screenplay for this movie. His first uh, movie he ever wrote for was Good Beer in 2015. Uh, but he's most known for doing Baskets, the TV series from 2016 to 2019, 16 episodes. Okay. Hmm. The director of photography is going to sound familiar to you guys because we've covered some of his movies before. And that is Matthew Lebatique. Uh, his first movie was a movie called Redneck in 1995. And then he has been Arnofsky's pretty much primary no. director of photography because he all, he did Pie, Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, and Mother, all with Arnofsky and, of course, this movie. Uh, outside of Arnofsky films, he did Phone Booth, Gothica, Iron Man's 1 and 2, uh, Straight Outta Compton, A Star is Born, the new version, yep. Venom, <laughs> Birds of Prey, and, of course, his most recent project that he was a director of photography on before this one, Don't Worry Darling. Oh, nice. That's where we talked about him most recently. But we have covered Venom, Birds of Prey, and Don't Worry Darling. And I'm sure we'll get to some of those other movies because yeah. I'm sure at one point we'll do some other uh, Arnofsky films. Although I need a little bit off before we do another one. <laughs> well, now that we know who made that shit, who stars in this shit? For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? Of course, it stars Brendan Fraser as Charlie. Uh, Brendan Fraser, we all know and love him, started his career back in 1991 in a movie called Dogfight. He would then be in Encino Man, School Ties, With Honors, Airheads, Blast from the Past, the whole Mummy franchise, the original Mummy yep. franchise, not the one with Tom Cruise. Uh, one of our personal favorites here that we have to cover at some point, Bedazzled. Yep. Uh, Monkey Bone, which I threw that in because I enjoyed it. I think Diesel did as well. Crash. And of course, most recently, he had gone on a hiatus yep. for a little while, but most recently, he made his big comeback on the Doom Patrol series that is on uh, HBO Max currently. So it is really good. If you've not watched uh, that, I do suggest it highly. Next up is Sadie Sink, who played Ellie. Uh, she uh, first got her, her first movie role was in Chuck in 2016. She was in all of the Fear Street movies for Netflix. Uh, and then she did two movies in 2022, or technically one movie in a show, uh, Dear Zoe. And then, of course, you might remember her from multiple seasons of Stranger Things as she played Max Mayfield on Stranger Things. Next, we had Ty Simpkins, who played Thomas. Uh, he was his first movie, by the way. His first movie, big budget, talk about it. Tom Cruise movie, War of the Worlds in 2005. Yep. 
He was also in Revolutionary Road. He's been in the Insidious franchise. He's the child. He was the child. Well, he's grown up, obviously, throughout the Insidious movies. Uh, Iron Man 3, Jurassic World, Avengers Endgame, and most recently in 2021, he was in Where's the Rose. Of course, he is slated, or most people are assuming he's going to be the iron, the character of Iron Lad in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hence why they brought him back for that one scene yep. in Endgame. Now we get to the uh, final person in the, the major cast, because this is a very small cast, so this is, this is pretty much it. And it's uh, Hung Xiao, who plays Liz. Uh, she was started her career in Inherent Vice in 2014, and then she was in Downsizing, and she's been in two movies in 2022, showing up, and of course, a movie that we really liked on the show, The Menu, as well. She was awesome in The Menu, so good to see her in this movie as well. So with that... Uh, we're going to go to budget. It's money time. Let's talk about money. This movie had a budget of $3 million. Would you gentlemen, I'm going to start with you guys, guess what this movie made. I can tell you it made its money back, but it has, as you know, it didn't get to our area until recently, so it has a slow release. So the it is below $20 million is what I'll say. Guesses, start with Diesel because he's been gone for a while. I was thinking in my head 12. 12 for Diesel? Ron? Uh, I'll go to 7. You know what? Diesel was closer. $13.1 million in the box office. So the movie is doing you know pretty decent, especially since it did have a very small opening. And there's a lot of buzz about it, especially very, uh, very much audience score uh, yeah. loved. All right. Here comes the important part. Now, remind you, gentlemen, especially since for Diesel since he's been gone, this is the spoiler-free recommendation. So we're going to give you thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, and why, and make sure it's spoiler-free. We will start with Ron. Ron, is thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, and why? No, this is definitely a thumbs up. Uh, it is one hell of a story overall. It's, you know, the, the one f- fact is it takes place in one apartment or one yeah. house, and that's it. Like, you don't go anywhere else. And that's in just the way that it's shot, how it's shot, how you see it, and just Brendan Fraser alone. Like, every, all the acting was great with everybody in this. So it's a, it's definitely uh, worth a watch. Diesel, what's your recommendation and why? We're also with a thumbs up. Uh, it's a clinic and well done acting with uh, shout outs to Brendan Fraser. He was phenomenal in this movie. Uh, we talked about the director of photography. I think this movie is kind of a miss for him because... Like all the other movies that he's known for are like visually phenomenal. This one's kind of more bland. It's it's made to be more bland yeah. because it's all set into one apartment. But they're boys. They've been working together for a long time now. I get it. Um, but I do recommend the movie. Um, the more I've thought about it since seeing it, though, I've come down a bit. But I still do recommend it. Okay. Well, I'm also going with a thumbs up. I do highly recommend it. I will say this. I think it's written very well. I thought it was directed very well. I think the actors in this were, were very good, and they got a portrayed across. Of course, Brendan Fraser probably being the front runner of that. But it, for being a small cast, and as Ron pointed out, in one setting, I thought that the simplicity of it really actually helps this movie a lot. Uh, I will agree with you. Matthew Labatique is really known for strong visuals, and that's his strong suit. So it kind of was. I, I, I'm not saying this in a bad way. This is kind of like a free payday yeah. for him because, yeah. like, he's just like, all right, set camera up, good, go. Yeah. Like he didn't have to really do much. Although I do like what he did with the lighting effects of the jury, and then later on. So like, there was a he did a lot with the color palette as far as different parts of the movie, if you notice. But it wasn't like his normal, like, like. Say what you will about Don't Worry Darling, it looked amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, say what you will about Venom, it looked very good. And, you know, even like the classics he's done, like Gothica, like it's one of the best shot movies yeah. that, you, that you possibly ever see. Or like even his other works with Arnovsky, the, you know, especially like Pi and even Requiem for a Dream, where those movies are really art, artistically done well. Yeah. 
And so I, I do I do think this was an easy day for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, but I'm not taking any shots. I still liked it. Well, that's going to do it for the spoiler-free portion. We are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, it will be time to break this down with full spoilers. So we'll give you the spoiler-full review of The Whale after this break. What's up, nerds? Tyler Mack here from the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, the flagship show of Bad Cast Company Productions. Now, you are currently tuned in to my favorite three fat nerds, Rich Ron and Diesel, our Nerd Council Brothers. After you're done with this amazing show, zoom on over to 30 and Nerdy Podcast wherever you cast your pod. Hit the subscribe button, give us a rating and a review, and check out 30andnerdypodcast.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Do you ever get the feeling that People are incapable of not caring. People are amazing. That is right. That is a clip in a scene from The Whale to bring us back for our spoiler full review. If you are still here and have not seen it and do not want the movie spoiled, this is your final warning. We are going to be jumping right into spoiler territory. So I'm going to play the spoiler alert and that's it. We're diving into the review. So if you have not seen the movie and you don't want the movie spoiled, this is time to stop and come back after you've seen the movie and then listen to the rest. However, if you do not care about the movie being spoiled or you've already seen the movie, you get ready for the spoiler full because we're entering spoiler zone right about... Now. All right, gentlemen, we're ready to go through this. Listen. We've already talked about some positives, so I kind of want to table some of the positives that have less to do with the story before we really dive in. We're not going to go scene by scene, uh, but we're going to kind of follow kind of a basic guideline of this film. It has been a few days since we've seen it, so I know we've all had more time to reflect on the film. Uh, let's get out of the way. Kind of what I talked about in the spoiler free flow stuff. First of all, uh, Mr. Le Boutique had an easy <laughs> had an easy day with this, if you will, only because he's done using visual. That does not mean that it did not look good. It looked very good. I thought he did a good job, uh, especially because this movie goes from the fact of very dreary to the end. Let's get this right out of the way. Basically, what you're watching in this movie, and we'll, we'll emphasize on it more later about when it turns, but you're watching the last week of a man's life. Yes. That is basically what this movie is. And, of course, that, that man is Charlie, played by Brandon Fraser. And he is, when they say morbidly obese, he is, you know, you ever see, like, the, what is it, the My 500-pound or 600-pound life? That is where he's at. He's not quite immobile, but he needs a walker and never an assistance to get around. And he just refuses to go to the hospital. We will get in more into that in a minute because the one thing that this story did, in my opinion, that was good was it revealed its pieces as you go. They don't give you all the information up front. As you go, you learn the pieces, but you yeah. get every answer. There's not an answer really unturned by the end of the movie. So I, I always dig that because a lot of times when people do movies, they forget about certain parts, but they don't hear. They literally go, okay, we're going to give you a little piece. Then we're going to give you another little piece, but now we're going to give you the answer to this question. Now we're going to give you another piece. Now we're going to answer this question, and they go on and so forth to the end of the movie. So I thought that that was very well done. And let's just be honest up front. It is an Aronofsky film. I should have said this in my spoiler-free one. 
if you do not want to come out of a theater depressed, <laughs> do not go see an Arnofsky film. Yeah. Wait till a day mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I want to see something. That doesn't mean not to see it. It is a beautiful movie. But if, you've, if you're familiar with Darren Arnofsky films, this is not quite Requiem or Pie, where, you know, the ending is just so fucked up that you're like, ah. Yeah. This is more akin to, uh, I think we agree to The Wrestler. The, the Wrestler, yeah. It, it's it's one of those happier movies, and that's not saying a lot. <laughs> I'm waiting, I said in the theater, I'm waiting for him to M. Night Shyamalan us and give us a happy ending. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I really don't. This is an Arnofsky film through and through. Yeah. And uh, I also want to address something up front here. Uh, we talked about it on Patreon. Uh, there was a lot of backlash from this film. Uh, there was a lot of fan loving this, but there were some critics who gave it bad reviews based upon... Uh, beliefs of this movie being fat shaming or body shaming or you know uh, showing fat people in the wrong light and i'm gonna say this i understand why those people did it i really do i understand yeah but at the same time i don't think that that's the issue and what i'm gonna say here is twofold i think a some of them got the message wrong because I don't think, it, because, and it goes with B, because B is, there's no time in this movie where I really feel like they denigrate a fat person. Yeah. Like, do, do people have reactions to him? Yes. But for the most part, these people love this person or hate this person, depending upon the character. Yes. And it's not has nothing to do with his weight. Uh, there is only one scene where somebody like sees him, uh, the, the delivery driver, and I want to say he was grotesquely disgusted, he just runs off. Yeah. So it is what it is, but... I don't really think at any time in this movie, other than, you know, his daughter, which we'll talk about, trust me, in depth, I don't think you really see anybody be mean to him for being fat. Yeah. And I think what the message that they missed here was that, you know, sometimes you have to take care of yourself. And as three fat gentlemen, I mean, the podcast, 3FN, does still stand for three fat nerds. I just want to throw that out there. It's not that we really shy away from it. We just thought that there was more opportunities calling us 3FN, and there is, because, you know, there is people who have a negative connotation, even though it's true. We are large gentlemen. I mean, uh, I'm ticking the scales around 400 pounds. I'm not lying here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, all of us to combined, we're probably almost 1,000 pounds of man. Well, probably over 1,000 pounds. Combined, we're two Charlies. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you know what I mean? And this is not denigrating it. And, and I, I can speak for all of us here, because we've talked about it. We're very public in talking about the fact that none of us have, like, a, an eating depression. Like, we don't eat because we're depressed or stressed. No. I mean, we do at times, but it's not, like, the reason why. Oh, yeah. We just like food. And, yeah. like, I, I eat good food, too. I eat bad food, good food. I just like food. And that's, you know, it is. And I understand there's people with eating disorders out there and really get help. If, if yeah. you do, right. I, 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 you know, mental health is a big thing. And if that is your issue, please get help. Yes. But for, like, guys like us, sometimes it does take a reminder of watching a movie like, maybe I don't <laughs> need to eat a second cheeseburger. Maybe I don't need, you know, maybe right. I should take better care. And, I, and that's what I took away from this yes. movie. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts because of that controversy. Well, my thing going back to like, you know, a lot of critics, you know, doing their thin splaining of this movie is just like, you don't need to have a, a trigger warning for everything. Like, if the movie's about in a large man, you don't need to throw out a TW in front of it. Just, yeah. just let the movie speak for itself. And I, I just hate where people think that they have like this obligation to warn people about something that could happen. No, just it's a movie. No one's going to get harmed by this movie. But before I turn it over to Ryan, I just want to point out, since there's no cameras here, uh, I picked the wrong time to take a slip because when you said thin splitting, I almost spit my soda everywhere. It almost made me laugh. I just want to throw that out there. Ron, what was your take? No, like it is one of those. It is one of those movies that, you know, yes, it is about a large gentleman and his, you know, how he coping with his life. Yeah. And like we've all coped in our own ways and, you know, whatever we all 
you know, we, we've one of the few things that we've ever done together is get food. And we're just like, let's go get food. And we've all just gone and get like, we haven't like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> like, so yes, we're bigger because of that. But like this movie, you don't have to put in any kind of warning. It's named the well. It's based off of a play, which of the same name and all that stuff. So it's like, you already know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's, and, and if you saw the trailer, you, you know it's going to be a fat guy. And yeah. if you were just like, hey, I've heard this stuff about Brendan Fraser as a fat guy. You, yeah. you already know that it's yeah. about a fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and like I said, I don't. If you just focus on that, I think you're missing the whole point yeah. of the movie. Yes. I mean, the only thing that I took away as being a larger guy was, hey, maybe I should take better care of myself. Yeah. Especially because there's some scenes where. The, the powerful scenes that I think should win him an Oscar are the ones that make you question if you're bigger. But if you're thinner, this movie has li- less to do with his size at some point. Yeah. Because you have to remember, when we're, when we're going through in a minute, there's a reason why he's that big. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's actually part of the story, and it makes sense. But I just wanted to get that out of the way because there is this controversy around the movie that I don't think should exist. And I'm with you. Diesel, there's not a reason to have a trigger warning for everything. Go out and experience things. If you like it, if you don't, that's fine. But I think if you're so focused on a trigger warning that you're going to miss the point of the story. And the point of this story is actually a beautiful point. And I we'll get to that. So I want to get that out of the way. We all agree the acting in this movie was top tier. Yeah. Especially Brendan Fraser, top oh, yeah. fucking tier. Now, we're not going to go scene by scene, but we're going to kind of jump through the movie like me and Ron have started doing. Diesel's been gone since we've doing this. So so we just kind of go through the movie a little bit, not scene for scene, and we kind of break down, have some fun with it. And I, let's start off. This movie opens with, this has got to be the second, is it is it the second wildest open we've seen this year? Because I think Babylon oh, yeah. still oh, takes yeah. one. I mean, well, I know Babylon that was last year. Yeah. Both of these were last year. They were yeah. 2022. But, you know, you know, like when we talked about Babylon with an elephant shitting on somebody and golden showers happening in the first five minutes, this movie opens with you hearing what sound, Diesel? Is because our our we uh, mean Charlie, hero. our hero, if you will, <laughs> Charlie is is watching uh, gay porn on his computer and masturbating down his pants. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I do want to point out the fact that this, and I said this earlier on Patreon, I want to say it to you guys. This was an ingenious way to actually show that the lead character was homosexual. Yeah, yes, like it was actually just kind of an ingenious, quick way get it out of the way. You know that, and I was like, okay, cool. They didn't have to tell us; they just showed us. Yeah, and and it, it makes sense because. As he uh, finishes, <laughs> as he gets his money shot, if you will, uh, he then starts having what appears to be a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness type uh, comes to the door because if if he didn't, uh, and that is, uh, of course, Thomas, played by Ty Simpkins, he comes to the door and he's just like, oh, can I, I, I want to come talk to you about Jesus. And he's like, wait a minute, are you okay? He's like, just read this. He hands well, him this essay. Well, read. first he's like, just open the door. The door's unlocked. And, you know, the guy comes in just shocked because he sees a 600-pound man and gay porn playing on the laptop. And the guy's obviously not doing well <laughs> health-wise in the moment. <laughs> yeah. And then he's basically just like, read this essay. If you want to do something, can I, can I call for help? No, no, just read this. <clears throat> and, it, and it goes on from there. And you kind of you kind of learn where it is because... When he leaves, the you know, there's a scene where his friend comes over who's a nurse who takes care of him. And that's why we first uh, meet the character of Liz. And basically the church kid, you know, is finally gets out, fucks off, if you will. Before he goes, he does ask the important question. Why did you make me read that essay? Because originally he just told him I really like it. Yeah. And he so goes, really and really finally before he goes, he goes, well, I had you read it because I thought I was dying. And it's the last thing I wanted to hear. And it's fucking like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's really interesting. And of course, at this point, Juxture... 
you find out that he's having congestive heart failure, but he refuses to go to the hospital. So when I said this is a movie about a man in his last week of life, it is literally a movie about a man in his last week of life. Yeah. And that's going to fast forward into him doing some interesting things, including trying to reconnect with his daughter, Ellie, who he's uh, left. He left her mother and her when he when she was eight. Yep. Because what we later find out, because he fell in love with a man, his wife and him divorced, and he didn't come well, around his daughter. Yeah, but, but it wasn't even said that way. They said a student. Fell right. in love with a student. First. That's how they, they first portrayed yeah. it. But so, like I said, yeah. I'm, well, just, I'm, I'm just saying, saying I know, but it's a little different take. Like, you're like, oh, this guy's. This is why he doesn't have a talk with his daughter. Right. And we also find out at this point, he teaches English classes online. Yep. And he, re- Zoom. and he refuses. He doesn't show his picture. Yep. He just says his camera's broken. So he, that goes throughout the movie till the end. So, like, I, I'm oversimplifying some of it for obvious reasons. But the daughter, Ellie, is what we're really going to focus on for a minute. Because she really has a hatred for her father. Yes. And, and for some reasons, you don't blame her. Yeah. You know, when you first meet her. Abandoned, you know, at childhood, you know, he was probably like, you know, her hero from up to zero to eight. And then he leaves for another man and just zero contact. Yep. And that first time he offers to pay her. I'll do your I'll do your essays and I'll pay you if you come by. She doesn't know he's dying. She just knows that he'll pay her. Give her one hundred twenty thousand dollars. I do believe it was. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, how much? She's like, eh, 100, 115, 120. Thousand? I don't go anywhere. I just get food and I just sit here. Yep. Yeah. So he saves all his money for his daughter for his inevitable demise, and uh, what should have been what is a clue when you get later? Uh, she turns around and you know at one point she tells him to get up and walk to her, not with his walker, and of course he can't do it. Yeah, he tries to get up and Fatty go boom because he went right <laughs> through that fucking end table. Dude, that end table's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> when we see that end table later, I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. That's movie magic right there. So yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't it wasn't even a full end table. It was like uh, a stand. Yeah, uh, it, was the just, ta- it was just the table that should have been destroyed. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> so. We start to find out he keeps refusing to go to the hospital. Liz is still trying to get him to go. Yeah. She at some point gets in my wheelchair, which is nice. Yeah, but so one of the main things that you were saying earlier was like the way that information gets let out through this movie is ingenious. So when you first meet Charlie after he has his first little heart bout and Liz is like, you got to go to the hospital. No, I can't afford it. I can't go yeah. into tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. That's a big arc throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And then you find out like he's going to offer to pay his daughter, you know, all the money in his bank account, which is in the six figures. Yeah. And assuming like he works for the school that's doing online teaching, he probably does have insurance. Yeah. You would assume so. Absolutely. So it is a good arc there, but like I said, throughout we also get to see his day to day, yeah. which is interesting because you get to see him shower, which you don't see any nudity, but you he because you can't see it because of his gut, but you see how what he goes through, see what he goes through to go to bed. Like I do think that they showed a, the struggle, it, the struggle, and they give you a really you're endeared to Charlie because he still sees the optimism in people the whole movie. Yeah, that clip we played you is later in the movie, but it's still you know he means it. He thinks people are amazing, yeah. and that's one of the things that comes through is his overly optimistic self which is kind of weird when you consider the situation and this movie really struggles with that and you 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 know you still have throughout this movie uh thomas coming back and eventually him and ellie start talking and we find out that thomas isn't who he portrayed to be no thomas is it says he's part of a church but he's not i mean he was in the church but then he left and stole money and so now he's like, if I could just change one person's life. So he's kind of this weird zone where he's not doing it to be evil. 
he still thinks if I can change one person's life, I can prove that I'm worthwhile. And that's what he's putting his worth in. And that's why he's trying to save Charlie because he thinks that you can save Charlie. Well, we find out through the Liz character talking to Thomas at one point that uh, Charlie's uh, lover was murdered by the church. But then she expands on it later talking about going back to it when she has a second talk with him. We find out that it was her brother. But she was adopted. But her brother... One of the best reveals of any movie I've ever seen. Once you reveal that... Charlie's lover was her brother. And they're just like, oh, my God. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, so you understand now why she's taking care of Charlie. And she starts to go into more of a detail about how, you know, they killed him. And then we get more revealed towards throughout the movie that they didn't necessarily kill and murder him. But because he thought that he was doing something against God and it was something ingrained in him that even though he was happy and in love with Charlie, he still held on to his belief in the fact that he was sinning, he stopped eating and eventually jumped off a bridge from yeah. what we get. He yes. committed suicide by jumping off of a bridge. And you're just like, wow, that's that's powerful. And we're going to come back to that. I just want to leave that as a hang because that's one of the threads. So now you're like, well, Liz you know, also reveals later on she took care of him as well. So you kind of find that Liz is an enabler. Yeah. She's enabled because throughout the movie, she brings Charlie food. And, you know, if somebody is obviously overeating and having congestive heart failure, you shouldn't be bringing them gigantic meatball subs that he almost chokes on. He was and, so happy, though. And the, the, the worst part about that is she has the moment of, like, clarity of not being an enabler and was like, God damn it, Charlie. Why don't you chew your chew your food like a normal human being? And then she and then he apologized. She's like, stop apologizing. And then she gives him back his food. So, so it's this weird zone. And a throwback to one of his other movies, The Wrestler. She does the greatest elbow drop to stop Charlie from choking on his meatball sub. <laughs> and the Ram Jam. Yeah, she does the Ram Jam, and then uh, he starts, you know, breathing again. And she then the sub that's on the floor now. She picks up. Yeah, it's still good. And Charlie's so happy to get that meatball sub back again. <laughs> she came out. I got. I got your meatball sub, extra cheese, and the look on his eyes is just like. Aw, yay. <laughs> so uh, the, the, who did the prosthetics in this movie is amazing. Because yeah. obviously it's not his body, but he did put on weight so his face would be bigger. So you can see that that was actually real. Where he really deserves this award, though, is talking about Meatball Sub and the gigantic bites he's taking out of this Meatball Sub. It, there's a scene in between this where he's getting upset. He is thinking about maybe trying to you know, save his life, if you will. Yeah. And he's struggling, and he, he opens this drawer, and there's full three musketeer bars multiple and he pulls out one he gets angry so he pulls out one he goes to eat it then he slams it back in the drawer and he starts thinking again and then he goes and opens the drawer and literally huffs down like three bars and the way he eats them is it's like two bites for a bar the next one's already in his mouth and I'm like the fact that he had to do that is worth a fucking award I'm just throwing it out there amongst amongst the pizza scene later yeah so the pizza scene, we're not gonna. I won't go to the full scene, but the way he stacks the slices on top of each <laughs> other and just life goals right there. <laughs> like, I had the opposite effect of you being like, maybe I don't need that other cheeseburger. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I, I gotta try this double pizza stack. <laughs> I, got, I gotta try. I gotta try to put je- just jelly all over it. Oh my god! Like he's putting. Like we could talk about that. He, there's a scene towards the end where he kind of loses it after getting a pizza, and it's kind of one of the times where he breaks in the movie. And this is after seeing his ex-wife comes to the house. You know, explains to him that Ellie is not good. 
No. You know, shows him the picture that Ellie put online of him that said, and I, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was, uh, could be a grease fire it, in hell when he, when, when he, the, or when, when, he, when he goes to hell. When, when he, he goes to hell, there's going to be a hell of a. The, when he goes to hell, there's going to be a mighty big grease fire from all that blubber. I do believe was kind of like in a nutshell what he sees. Says she also then turns that you know Thomas in and finds his family, and we're going to come back to that in a minute because I that's part of the reason I hate the end of this movie. I don't really hate the end. Sorry, I don't hate the end of the movie. I just don't think it was effect as effective as it should have been. Because to me, the most emotional scene is him talking to Mary, his ex-wife. Yeah. Yes. And she, you can see that she still cares for him. She yeah. understands kind of what happens, but she that, she cares for him. And as he has become a, an eater. She's a drinker, yeah. And so she even has some some vodka as well. She's there because she tells him where the bottle of a liquor is. And at one point in juncture, he's having like he has a little bit of pain. So she's he's like, "Do you want to listen?" And she kind of nuzzles in and is listening. And they share this really nice moment where he talks about, you know, what I remember. I remember me, you, and Ellie going to the beach, and you know, I cut myself up on the rocks, and and you were real yeah. mad at me that I was getting blood all over the van, and. And like she's like they're having this nice tender moment. I was like, that's the moment yeah. of the movie where I was like, oh man, the humanity here, you know. Yeah. And that's right before he goes into this epic spree. So he gets like two large pizzas delivered to him every night. The every night in this movie. And there's the, the delivery guy Dan. This is the scene we earlier in the movie. Dan introduces himself and he's like, well, I come here all the time. So he's like, oh, Charlie. And they have this nice little reaction. Nobody sees anybody. He sticks around and sees him as well. So I think that was the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back because he was already dealing with all these emotions. Is my daughter fucking evil? You know, you know, my wife, my ex-wife, you know, obviously still cares about me, but here I am doing what I'm doing. He had just pissed off Liz too because Liz found out that he has all this money right. in his bank account and she's just like, I do all this stuff for you, Charlie. I walked miles to get your groceries. When your truck when, was broke. When my truck broke down. Well, I offered to fix it. Yeah, but I thought you had seven hundred dollars in your bank account. Like, so Liz is like dealing like he was. But the, the thing that, that pissed, Liz is mad at him. Well, yeah, but the, the thing that pissed her off the most, if you remember, the last thing she says is, "You could have gone to the hospital." Yeah, like that's what she's really mad about. Yeah. It's like you said you were broke. That's why you won't go to the hospital. You could have gone to the hospital, yeah. and that's what really drives her over the edge. So he knows he's pissed all these people off. So man, uh, he, he's stacking slices on slices, <laughs> downing them like nothing. Yes, like this is like I said, Brendan Fraser. I don't know how he got all this shit in his mouth man uh he's like just pouring ranch dressing yeah. on it you see him just housing pizza that's not good enough double stacks of pizza to the refrigerator pouring ranch dressing all over his pizza and just deep throating essentially double slices triple slices of pizza and then <clears throat> jelly and well the best part is like he finishes the pizza and he gets into the bread and he's just taking bread and slapping sandwich meat on it and dumping jelly on it and just fucking like like yeah. on one slice and just kind of fucking housing it in like a bite it's fucking insane yeah so he deals with his anger and his instabilities with rage eating yes. like what i was talking before the podcast like the action scenes and i do mean action scenes in this movie are insane because yeah. he, he is in a battle with food in these moments and mm -hmm. it is crazy to watch absolutely and this is all leading to like the like i said we skipped over a lot of stuff in the middle that really does build to these things but it builds us to thomas coming back and finding him covered in shit and just waking up from pretty much putting himself into a food comatose and Thomas says to him, hey, listen, I had lied to you, but, you know, I'm still trying to save you. And earlier he had ended up stuck because of Ellie inside of the old bedroom that he, him and his lover used to share. 
So he's got the book, and Alan was his name. He's got the Bible, and there was a Bible verse that was in uh, in highlighter, and yep. he reads the Bible verse to him, and that's when you get the the real most moments of him telling him like about the relationship. Does that disgust? Do I disgust you? And he says yes. He finally says yes. He's like, does it disgust you that I I like I love men and I was in love with Alan and that we would sit around all day naked and and fucking make love and and does that disgust you? Does that bother you in your small mind? You know, does it bother you? And he was like, and then I watched him die, and we find out there pretty much from the dialogue and reading between the lines that he's killing himself. This is actually not a man who is eating because he has an eating disorder per se. He is actually committing suicide yeah. slowly. Yes. And slow enough that he's, you know, saved this money and slow enough that whatever, but he is actually committing suicide. And the yin and yang to that is Alan starved himself. Yeah. And Charlie is overeating to kill yes. himself. And I and I, I thought that was actually in the moment of it's it's poetic. It's very poetic. And it's actually kind of and I understand it sounds weird to say it's beautiful, but it's actually beautiful yeah. symmetry. Yes. For the movie. And going into the last day, last hours, if you will, of his life after this whole big thing, he shows his students what he looks like, and they're all fucking aghast. Yeah. Well, because because they wanted a new teacher, because he would never show his face. Well, first of all, when he was going through his angry phase, he said, fuck the readings, fuck the lessons, well, yeah. fuck the writing, just write something that comes from your heart. You write something honest. Yeah. And of course, some of the people turned him in for that, and that's getting him fired. But on top of that, other people actually did turn in, and he yeah. reads some of them. And then he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. And he shows them what he looks like. They're kind of aghast. And then he huffs his fucking computer. Yeah. And you're like, that's the end of that. And then Liz comes back. And at this point, we realize uh, this is where the powerful scene starts and where I'm going to have some problems we're going to talk about because I know Diesel had similar problems. The Liz parts of this are amazing because this is where you really find out she was an enabler because this is where she really says, I took care of my brother and watched him die and I fucking hate you for making me do this again. And you're like, in your head though, you're like, you're doing it though because you're enabling these people to do this. Mm -hmm. So like, and it's not that I'm saying she's a killer, but she, her love is such that she wants yeah. to take care of them that even though it harms them because remember, she comes back, she has two meatball subs. Yeah. He doesn't ever eat them, but she has two meatball subs. And then she basically has this whole, like, I hate you for doing this to me. And then she cuddles up next to him. And this is where we get that he's going to die. Because he starts to stare off into space. And he kind of talks about how, you know, you know, not people are amazing, like he says. But he's like, Ellie did that to save, to save that guy, Thomas. Turning him into to yeah. things. What did you think about that? So, yeah, earlier in the movie... Thomas is revealing that, you know, he stole money from his parish because he didn't think they were doing enough to do the mission. Yeah. So he, you know, he broke protocol, started talking to people, going to their houses instead of just passing out pamphlets. Winds up stealing money, going on the run, and she's recording this conversation because they're both sitting on the opposite sides of a door. He's in the Alan's bedroom and she's on the hallway and she's recording it. And then somehow she finds out, you know, he's from another state. She already knew that from what he said, but finds out who his parents are, finds out what church he went to, and then she just randomly sends them this recording. Yeah. And you're just like, it didn't make sense that she can like be this like super sleuth. And then the reason why she was doing everything that she did in this movie was more to cause chaos, not to do anything yeah. to help anybody. So earlier in the movie, you know, she tries to get Charlie to walk. That doesn't work. It's not to help him. It's to embarrass him. Yeah. Uh, she makes him a sandwich. She crushes up fucking sleeping pills and puts them in a sandwich so yeah. she can have just that, yeah. have the apartment to herself and, and then talk to uh, uh, Thomas. Thomas, yeah. 
so like nothing this character does has good motivations from our aspect. Maybe other people I've seen other reviews online and some people think that she did. The one thing that Charlie did take care of was a bird that he would, you know, cut up uh, fruits for and put it out there. She sees that, you know, he did that. She smashes a plate off camera, but you see like it shows the broken plate and you're just like, what a fucking cunt. Yeah. Charlie sees that. And like, you see the look in his eyes, like, oh, she must've did that. And yeah. he's like, even though she, he always tries like, she's a good person. She's yeah. a good person. Though her mother flat out tells Charlie she's evil. Yeah. No, no, during a sober moment, she goes, no, she, you don't yeah. understand. She is evil. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's where we're going to get into the problems because yeah. up to this point, it's like, okay, even that part of him talking is beautiful, but then the door kicks open and it's his daughter. And she's like, why did you do this to me? She starts questioning me instantly. Mind you, he's on the throes of fucking yeah. death. You, you know what you did. You wrote the, you know, you, why would you turn this in? He's like, what? what? Cause the essay he wrote was actually just the essay he had read earlier yes. and wanted Thomas to read. Cause she had wrote it when she was like eighth, eighth. eighth grade or in eighth grade. Yeah. He's like, cause it's beautiful. And I, and I love the writing and stuff. And she he tells Liz to go and Liz doesn't want to leave him. Cause you, I feel like Liz feels like she's going to kill him. And that's what I thought yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. So Liz ends up going, I'll wait for you downstairs. She knows he doesn't have much time yeah. left. And basically, he's like telling her, I, I just need to know that you're a good person and, you know, has her read her essay to him. And, you know, the door opens and originally she's not going to, but then she opens the door and it's finally bright and sunny because the whole yeah. movie, it's been rainy and dreary and it's finally bright and sunny and the light hits in and she starts reading the essay. And as she does, he starts to try to get off the couch and he finally gets up off the couch and then he starts making steps towards her and he keeps, you know, and he's actually taking steps slowly, but steps there. And she keeps reading and she's crying and he's trying to get there. And then all of a sudden it goes to this him lifting off the ground, bright white light. And then he's envisioning them on the beach again. Yep. Yeah. And then it goes to a white screen and then we get directed by Darren Aronofsky, yeah. which is when me and Diesel both go, forgot that he directed this. Yeah. Makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say my hope for the ending, especially how she was a bitch all movie, was that he was going to fall and just take her out. That was going to be it, okay? I left all the money to Liz. <laughs> one fall forward, she's done. She's done, though. I'm just throwing it out there. But no, my problem with this ending isn't, I like, I like the ending ending, but I wish it was a different character. If we just got the moments with Liz, or we got the moments where the mother was back, or even Thomas, you know, yeah. it would have been a better scene at the end. Because unlike The Wrestler, where the daughter starts off hating her father for good reasons, they start to build a bond and they start to have a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, that's what makes it tragic at the end when he dies. You know, well, we think he, he, dies. he dies. So you're like, okay, I feel for that, especially for the daughter in the scene where she's crying right before him. I feel for that. You know, you you're finally have a relationship, you love your dad, and this happens. And then in this movie, though, there's no redeeming for her. No, they no. don't ever try to make you believe she's a good fucking person. No. So when she's sitting here having this emotional moment with her at the end, I'm like, no, it's not working for me. I don't. Yeah. I know I'm not the only one. Diesel also. So I'm going to take an alternate take on that part, though. So once she starts rereading the essay and the door is open, he never gets up off the couch again. That's oh, so him. Just- that's him walking towards the light, but physically he never does that. He's already. He's just dying on the couch. So she's never actually reading the essay again in front of the door. That's just his light to walk to. Okay. So right. I, I, if I, I can if see I, that. If I view it that way, I like it a lot more. But the same problem exists: is he is so delusional, trying to manifest a way where she is the good person, 
in any scenario. And I get that he needed to believe that he did something good in this world. But, but that, that ain't bit, it. That ain't it. <laughs> it ain't the one. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Like, yeah. That's that's where I was at with it. But it, I like your if you if you use your alternate take, I like it better. Yeah. However, like I still have that problem with yeah. the daughter. And the problem is it within the story. It, it's a story. You it's been written by somebody. I think that the writing was great through it, except that character because you could have had a more likable daughter. You didn't have to write this daughter this way. So it's just some for whatever reason there was this big disconnect with the actual fictional character of Ellie existing the way that she did because why it could have been so much more powerful if there was a better per- fictional person I agree right I agree 100% I think that's my, my biggest hang up yeah. for this movie is that that character in a lot of ways I mean she acted fine it's not yeah, the, the yeah. actress at all oh no the actress was phenomenal she, she was did a great, great job however that character and that character arc is the one in the movie where you go that kind of takes me out of it yeah. yeah like i don't feel as emotional as i should like i said i felt more emotional when he was talking to his ex-wife yeah i felt more emotional in those scenes i felt more emotionally when he was talking to liz hell i even felt more emotional with that last bit with thomas and then thomas leaving yeah. i thought those were all more emotional and I, I even told you after the movie i was like if thomas would have came back and been like you know what i was wrong i'm sorry you know, yeah. you don't discuss me and, and maybe I'm wrong in my ways and, you know, but, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, has him. I, I'm even taking that yeah. over what we got, in my opinion. Yeah. Now we've kind of ran through the movie, like I said, very loosely. I'm going to table it around. Any more likes or dislikes from the movie, obviously, that we didn't mention through Diesel? Go ahead. I think we covered all of them. Um, Dan was great. Dan was the delivery guy. <laughs> I The fact that they show... I don't think it was so much that he was disgusted by him. I think he realized why in the you know the last month when he was started delivering to this guy, he always left the money in the box and yeah. he wasn't supposed to see him. Yeah, yeah. And then when he finally does see him because he you know meandered for a little bit before going down the stairs from the patio from the porch, he was like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "I I think yeah. he got why he always left the money out there and never he never saw him before." Yeah. I also don't. I also want to point this out. I don't blame the students for being aghast. When no. he was showing the students, he purposely showed his whole body and everything yeah. because he was trying to disgust them, yeah. if you will. And they weren't looking disgusted. They were just like, they couldn't believe it. They and, didn't know. And in his hunt for honesty, that's what he was looking for. He mm-hmm. wanted the honest reactions from these people. Yeah, I agree. Ron, any likes and dislikes mm-hmm. we missed? No, I, I think, we, like I said, we hit it all. Especially, like, I, I think Dan was the underrated character in this movie because, like, just the small scenes that you had with him, they were short. But they, it was it was emotional and powerful. Yeah, and it goes but, back to the clip that we played about. Yeah. There's amazing people. This delivery guy is just like, hey, I'm I'm Dan by the yeah. way. Just yeah. because I'm you know I'm here every day. I've never seen you. You always have the money out here. I just want yeah. to say hi. Yeah, and then the total stranger, but I'm here every day. I just want to say hi. Are you okay? And then, then the next day it was, are you okay? Because yeah. you know, and then it's like, wow, it's like it yeah. was a very, very underrated character in parts for this movie, but it was solid. Yeah, it, I agree with you. I agree with both of you. Uh, like I said, I, I also like that point about the amazing people because even Liz, it also shows amazing people have flaws. Yeah, you know, uh, Dan, like you said, I think was more in shock. I don't think it was discussed. Yeah. Yeah, but Liz, you know, she's enabler, but. At the same time, she's also a helper, yeah. and she is amazing in her way. But she enables. Yeah, Mary, we don't see her. Mary and Dan are probably my two favorite characters. You only see Mary for one scene. Yeah, but the way she portrays it is that there's still love there, and she's yeah. just trying to hide him from the truth because she knows he can't take it because he's an optimist. Yeah, you no, know, because she even mentions no matter what, you try to see the good in everything. 
And and it's kind of an, an, an interesting dichotomy. And it was funny because she has a story about, I saw him once before it happened. And, you know, he was struggling getting the groceries. So I helped him and I never said who I was. I also you, had a million things I wanted to say yeah. and a million things that I wished upon. But seeing him in that moment, for I just helped him with his groceries. Yeah. Talking about Alan, his lover. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting, yeah. too. So, like, everybody's a good person but Ellie. Yeah. You know. And, and they could have just wrote in her a little bit better. It's like, you could still have her be, like, 95% bad, but just show a glimmer of goodness. Yeah. And I, I, I would have bought into it. I mean, you don't think you really needed a dead dog picture on the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. She has no friends. The only thing that you see on her Facebook is a dead dog picture. And then are you, did she kill the dog or she just find the dog? And she, like, that emo phase of, like, there's beauty in death. And the one comment you see on one of her Facebook things is Dyke. So yeah. nobody, like, she has no friends. Yeah. And you understand why. Yeah. <laughs> She's not actively embracing friends either. No. Well, with that, that's going to do the spoiler review. Now we need to get the scores from around the internet, and you know how we like to do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, it's time to play the game, and since Diesel is back, we can actually play the game as it's supposed to be played. Of course, the game is played simple. We're going to take the, the different numbers from around the internet, and the two gentlemen are going to guess the scores. Whoever comes closest to it without going over prices, right, rules, will get the point, unless we have to have the tiebreaker, and in that case, is whoever comes closest to the number, period, because we don't do fucking ties. Well, Ron, we're going to say that you're the reigning champion only because you've been playing against yourself for a while, <laughs> or playing with yourself, however you want to look at it. And so you are going to have the, uh, I don't know if it's a champion advantage to go second, but. Oh, it's definitely a champion's edge. <laughs> well, Diesel, you get to start. Out of 10, using points, what did IMDb give the whale? I think 8.5 is going to be too low. 9.1. Ronald. I'll go 5. Yeah. Ron goes 5, and Ron gets the point. 8 out of 10. Okay. Metacritic. This is critics only. Ron, out of 100%, what did they give the whale? 88. Diesel. In my head, I'm going one one number higher. I think 88 is too high, though. So we're gonna we'll go with 50. <laughs> Diesel goes with 50. 88 for run and Diesel ties it up 60. percent Remember, I gave you a clue earlier in Patreon. The critics didn't necessarily uh, love this one. I didn't pay attention because I because <laughs> once again we talked about some of it. Rotten Tomatoes critic score out of 100. percent Diesel, you go first. What did they give? <laughs> 60. You say 60. Ron. I'll go 70. I'll give, I'll give you a little leeway. So 60 and 70 and... Diesel gets the point. 66%. Yeah. Oof. I wouldn't have gone 61. So. Yeah. All right. To block Diesel from winning, Ron. The Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give the whale? 85. Diesel. Oh. <laughs> I think 85 is a really good bet. I'm going 75. Diesel's got 75. Ron's got 85. And Ron makes the block 91%. Ooh. And last but certainly not least is Google users. And this is where it does pay off to be the champion, Diesel. <laughs> Out of 100%, what did Google users give the whale? 88. 89. Ron. <laughs> Ron goes with 89. Diesel goes with 88. Of course, you know there's a winner. Your winner. 
And still champion, Ron, 93%. Oof. 93% is what they gave the whale. Like I said, fans seem to have loved yeah. this score. Critics, not so much. But like I said, there was a lot of people... Um, Basically, I you know, virtue signaling is what I'm going to call yeah. it because I really do think that Diesel hit the nail on the head. You don't need people thin-splaining a movie to people who are bigger. That Oh, you might not want to watch it because it might be too hard for you. Well, I guess if it's too hard to you, that means it's hitting close to home and it's probably a good reason to watch it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, we take what we want to take from a movie to begin with. It's all up to what you believe in. And I've never watched anything that was too heavy for me as far as, like, the concept. I mean, I have seen things like uh, Human Centipede, and that were a little bit too much for me. You're, you're that's a whole person other, than I. <laughs> that, that's a whole other like different. That's a different thing. You know what I mean? But I've never seen anything that yeah. the content or the message actually drove me to be like, I can't handle this. Who wins in a fight, the Human Centipede or uh, Charlie? Ooh, Charlie, because he's taking them all down. <laughs> I, I feel like each person's four bites. Four <laughs> bites. Well. That means since we got the internet scores, it is now officially time for our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's right. We're going to give you first the nerd score followed by my critic score of this film. Of course, the nerd score is a recommendation score, but we base it upon our entertainment from the film and our critic score, which means if it's super entertaining, but our critic score is low, it could bring the number on the nerd scale higher and vice versa. We finally did have an example of that with Babylon. The nerd scale is as fouls if you need to uh, have a little refresher course or this is your first time listening. Uh, a one is no. That means it's a terrible film and you should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. Next up on the list is, ah, it's good. That means it's, you know, a good movie to, you know, an average to a good movie. It's not essential. You don't need to run out and see it. But if it's on, you're not going to regret it. But you shouldn't necessarily spend money on it or go out of your way. Just catch it when you can. A four is just take my money. These are the very good to great films. These are essential films. These are films that you should make the time to see. If you would like to see them in the theater, feel free to spend the money on it. If you'd like to add them to the collection, they're worth spending money on, which means they're worth seeing and going out of your way to see. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air. It's called Certified Nerd. These are for the legendary films like Jaws, the original Halloween, Jurassic Park, those things that are the best of the best, the classics. These are, that's what they are. They're just classic. And they're going to go down in timeless. You're going to probably watch them a million times in your life. With that, we are going to get the nerd scores from the gentleman. We'll start with Ron. What is your nerd scale, nerd score, sorry, and why for The Whale? After digesting this movie... All puns intended. Um, <laughs> it is definitely one of those movies you need to see. I really feel you need to see this, so I definitely give it a four. Show me the money! That's right. Just take my money there. Yeah, it's definitely something you. I feel like Brendan Fraser up for Best Actor, winning it at the Golden Globes. Like it's definitely a watch. You know, if you're a Brendan Fraser fan, that is also a reason to watch this. All right, Diesel. It's been a while since you've given a nerd score. What is your nerd score and why? All right. All puns intended. I've been waffling between a three and a four myself. Um, I'm landing on a four uh, just for the sheer fact of Brendan Fraser's acting. Um, the acting overall in this movie is phenomenal from everybody, but Brendan Fraser in specific. And the fact I love movies that are very claustrophobic where it's only set in like one setting and a very small cast. You're going Gary Garner Rosses, you're the big kahuna. This is in that category for me where they do so much with so little that it bumps it up to the four rating for me. Show me the money! So Diesel with a four. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I think I'm sticking with my score that I came out of the theater with. 
and it's going to sound weird because when you hear my critic score, it's it's not going to line up because it's going to kind of be one of those situations where you're going to be like, wait a minute, that's that usually would put it into a different bracket. But I'm also giving it a four. Show me the money! That's right. And uh, the reasons why, like I said, phenomenal acting in this movie. I really did love this story. The really big hole in this movie and the reason it's not certified nerd the reason when i came out of the theater i said this movie for all intents and purposes should have been certified nerd it was beautiful it was a great movie is it depressing yes a little bit that's what's supposed to get through to you however i really did believe that they did enough in this movie to make it beautiful but that ellie character and the way that arc was written really took me out of the movie and it really kind of kills that final scene that we're all watching and, and because i really don't think that it was as emotional as it should have been so I, that's why I'm giving it a four instead of a certified nerd. Well, my score for this movie, I, I landed on, in, in one, one of those movies that I'm using the quarter scale, I ended on an 8.25, which would put it normally in the certified nerd territory. However, really, that Ellie yeah. character destroyed some of the movie for me. It's one of those times where something or a character or something that happens takes you out of a movie. And because this character is integral to the end of this movie, that's a problem. Yeah. And and if like she wasn't coming involved in the end of this movie, this movie would have been even though I wouldn't have liked her, it probably would have gotten an eight and a half to a nine, and it probably would have been certified nerd, and that would just you know, just knocked it down. But because this person plays a specific role to the end, it's like, man, it just kind of killed the end for me. Like yeah. the ending was beautiful, but that person took me out of it. Yeah. It's not like it was based on real events. You could have wrote this character differently. So yeah. you had this like certified nerd movie there, but you just like now we gotta make her more of a cunt. <laughs> Listen, this movie was at the, the end of this movie was a movie that should have made me cry like a little yeah. girl. Like honestly, it should have. Like that's the kind of setup that they had. This movie should have gotten that emotion from me, and it didn't. Yeah. What if it was Annalyn walking through the door and reading and just reciting the fucking essay? Niagara Falls, Frankie? <laughs> the fact that the reveal was it was Ellie's paper. Yeah, I thought it should have been Alan's paper. I agree. Yeah, but like I'm saying, Niagara Falls. Yeah. If it's uh, Alan, like, Niagara Falls. Or like he's just he's just, he's just. He's just uh, re- reciting the, yeah. and it's just the only time you actually see him, yeah. obviously because he's dead. But right, and he just walks through the door and the light, even with Ellie there in the corner or whatever. Fucking Niagara Falls. Yeah, see, I, I thought, see, I've been thinking about it the whole thing. That's why I was like, uh. and that's where I really that would have made the ending ten times fucking better. And then opinion. you could even still show the beach scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. could have been the ending. Yeah, because they don't even really show her in the beach scene. They just show him really by the waves and yeah. the yeah. sky, and then we go to you yeah. know the end credits. I'm just saying, that character just took me out of the damn movie. Yep. It's unfortunate, but she did. Well, that's going to do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club review of The Whale. Of course, if you would like to give us your thoughts and opinions, you can hit us up on social media. To do that, go to 3FNpodcast.com. All the links are there. Also, while you're there, check out the Patreon link, Friends of the Show link, links to you know the bands that uh, supply us with music. Also, go to the, the sponsors page and sponsor some stuff up if you want to hit up the T Public link and so much more. Your one-stop shop is 3FNpodcast.com. Of course, uh, next week, we had to call an audible, and we're actually going to pick something from a Patreon, patron of ours, sorry, the, on Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast, but he's also a friend of ours from the podcasting world. It's John from The Pint. Uh, we plugged them last week. I really do think you guys, if you love this show, will love The Pint, love what they're doing over there. He had uh, brought up a movie called uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 from 2017 that I had never seen. It stars Vince Vaughn, and I thought that this movie, once I saw the trailer, was a movie that Diesel definitely has to review. So next week... Week for the show, we're going to go back to 2017 and review Brawl and Cell Block 99. The following week, we will be back to new movies because then we'll be doing Knock at the Cabin. Well, 
that's going to do it for my part of this business. So, Ronald, I do believe you have some business before we get out of here. One out of ten stars. Unimaginable and boring. Literally, anyone could have wrote this story. Nothing is original. The effects are mostly bad. The acting is bad. The direction is bad. The music score was written by John Williams 25 years ago, if you get my meaning. The movie isn't funny enough, dark enough, or smart enough to be considered interesting. It's very simple and boring. The studio execs have gone really stupid nowadays. The original and interesting ideas are never promoted. They always seem to go for the safe, meaning stupid bet. One out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks people. He does want that smoke with the Harry Potter people, Ooh, Diesel. I know you have a dangerous game. <laughs> I know you haven't been here, but yeah, I, 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 I even played the Diesel warning and told them to send all the hate to at RedX230 on Twitter because I don't even want that smoke. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, See, I'm not into the Harry Potter franchise. I'm not offended, but I don't know if I want that. Ooh, even Diesel. That's a dangerous game to be playing. The King of Trolls says, "Nah, we're good." Ooh, I, I picked this one because I knew it didn't say anything about. Magic or anything, so nah. well, being your first day back. For I, the way it was setting up, it was music from John Williams twenty five years ago. I was like, I swear to God, if you do Return of the Jedi, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> jump across already, this table. He did Return of the Jedi. That, that's what started this whole thing. <laughs> no, you just said Return of the Jedi still sucks. You never read reviews. <laughs> I, then, I, I think he did towards the end. You read okay? Yeah, that's, that's what started, started the gimmick. He didn't, but yeah, he did it. He did eventually because oh. that's what kept the community. I think that's where it came funny because at first he just would say it and then he started reading I mean, reviews yeah. to, to, to give him, to bolster his argument, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, because so we kept arguing. Oh. So now we've kept that all around. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of 3FM Podcast. We'll be back next time in our regular time slot. So until then, or of course, check out this week's 3FN Rewind. That comes out on Friday. But if you're already uh, subscribed or following this channel, you know that we do extra shows on here. And Rewind this, uh, or no, sorry, 3FN Horror Show comes out this week. I messed up. It's going to be Happy Death Day. Oh, that's right. Last week it was 3FN Rewind, and that was Nowhere to Run. So, I mean, go check out all of those. John Van Damme classic. We have the Horror Show and 3FN Rewind to come out on this channel. So it gives you some older movies. It gets you some horror movies. Now that Diesel's feeling a lot better, maybe we can get him in here for some of the movies on the list because we got pretty much the list selected out so it's going to be pretty awesome so check out everything we're doing we'll be back next week and until then take care of yourselves take care of each other and most importantly later nerds later let's go get some meatball subs harry potter just sucks people i'm so glad diesel's back so i don't have to come up with something to say at the end anymore (laughs) 